Hey firecrackers, it's Naomi, and welcome to the firecracker department. This week, oh boy, I'm excited. We are starting something very special. We've been working this year on bringing you new voices, as per always, right? But starting today, we're officially launching this cool thing. I'm so, I mean, I'm my fists clench because I'm so excited. We're officially launching a monthly spotlight series with the Real Women's Network. Yes! Cool, right? Now, you may have seen some teasers on our social feeds and had some questions like, what, when, who, where, and really how? <laughs> I mean, who doesn't have those questions all the time, all day? So we got you. Here's the deal. The Real Women's Network is a new online streaming service that showcases films, series, documentaries, podcasts, and digital content created by women filmmakers and content creators. I'm just so thrilled to be partnering with these folks. Their goal is to support and promote independent projects by women and help grow the creators' audiences. Sharing your voices, you know, spreading the word. Sound familiar? Maybe sound firecrackingly familiar? Yeah, it was the perfect match. So we are taking action and signal boosting each other with this podcast spotlight series. I'll sit down with one of the creators featured on the platform and talk about their journey, their work, and we'll have bonus content and links to stream their shows directly from Real Women's Network. Yeah, basically, I mean, it's a one-stop inspiration shop. Yeah, you can quote me. Actually, you can quote Sydney Nielsen because that's a great quote. I have to say, I am so excited. And we have Carol Lowe to thank. Carol Lowe is in the Firecracker department and she's part of helping our fundraising campaigns and our Firecracker store getting launched. And she's also one of the people behind the Real Women's Network. So, Carol Lowe, if I was wearing a hat, I would take it off to you. Okay, I'm going to put on a hat. And now I put it on. <laughs> now I'm taking it off. You don't know if that's true or not. Okay, our first Real Women's Network Spotlight guest is Emmy-winning actor and producer Crystal Chappelle. Oh, I loved talking to Crystal. She, along with Linda and Jessica Hill, launched the Real Women's Network in April of this year. She's a longtime soap opera star and the creator and star of the Emmy-winning Venice the Series. It debuted in 2009 and season 7, what, will be filmed next year. Look, she's awesome. I really loved speaking with her. She's just one of those true people and having these firecracker department chats with people like Crystal, it's just so fantastic because I feel like not only do I get to have this like authentic, true discussion about their journeys, but then I get to like package it up and share it with you. So you're welcome. So let's get started. Here's my chat with Crystal Chappelle. Gosh, I was looking at your career and I know like what a span of a career and some people might have gone okay i'm gonna coast i've been doing soap operas for a bunch of years now which is super uh exhausting i can imagine i've never been on a soap but exhausting with the time commitment and the the memorization i'm gonna tap out for a while i'm gonna put my feet up and play bingo and pet my dog how did you know i liked bingo i used to have yeah. my own <laughs> bottles and everything that's right no kidding very competitive but instead of that, you are jumping into like producer, creator, writer, director, star of a web series, which is, I would say, you know, tenfold more difficult than having a series that is produced for you, of course. I, think I need to know your, I need to know what kind of little girl Crystal Chappelle was that instigated this kind of drive. 
Um, imaginative. I like to imagine things. I had a great imagination. It kept me, I think, sane and, and happy. And even when things weren't great, you know, um, and I, I think, you know, I, I just keep going. I, it's something I get from both my parents too. They're very, very driven in terms of, you know, keeping going and taking care of their family. And so I think a lot of it is just, you know, drive and imagination. Speaking as a fellow workaholic, I get the drive of like creating. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about imagination, where, like, did you have a routine as a kid that you would, uh, that you would escape to? I read books. Um, I read books. I listened to music and used to pretend I could sing and I was on stage and um, I had, my mother came from a very large family. She was the second oldest of 12 kids. So we'd have these big group family Sunday barbecue type things and we perform. So we had hula skirts, we had instruments and we'd learn dances. And so I think it was just kind of a, and it was fun. It was fun to do as a little girl, to do it with yeah. your aunt who's so much older. Um, and uh, it's, it's, they're good memories. So I just think that's, I don't know, all of those different ways. But certainly I could be alone and watch TV shows like I Dream of Jeannie. I used to like do the blank and get into my bed at night. And so I create this whole little world in my bed. And it's all of those things that kind of inspired me, you know, right? you were producing when you were like a little kid probably yeah yeah sure you see it right you see it in your mind's eye yeah. and and you even if it's not really there you make it you make it there it's your world yeah and did you know I mean you said it was sort of like to as an escape sometimes did you know at that time that it was an escape like I I always think of that um that great film Heavenly Creatures did you ever see that with Kate Winslet yes. many years so ago good. and I know it's quite old, but like it, how they escaped into that world of mud people and clay. Is that what you found yourself doing through your childhood? I think so. I think so. It wasn't just, uh, yeah, it was certainly an escape, um, escapism, and, um, but it was healthy. And it was, mm. I think kids do that anyway. You know, they, your imagination through some kind of art, reading or painting or something creative, uh, dance, uh, I used to be a majorette, so you, you, you practice on spinning that baton and doing those twirls, and it was just always something creative. Um, but it certainly yeah. was a form of escapism, but also fun. I think that's just what, I think creativity makes people smarter, quite frankly. You know, it makes you better oh. at, at academics even, or just being in tune with your own intuition. I think art does that for people. Were, were you a good student? I was. Most of the time. So you were just a Jacqueline of all trades. I mean, I, yes, I like variety. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I like variety and still do. I like structure, but then variety is sort of the spice of life, as they say. And, um, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Did you find that hard? Because um, doing soaps, as long as you have done, that's, there's not, I mean, I guess there's variety within the scene work, but it's got a little bit of a everyday work ethics to it. Did you find that challenging as an artist? I think that's the hardest challenge about doing soaps or maybe any TV show because you have, um, it's kind of a formula. Um, yeah. 
certain story structures. And so you have to, and, and then some producers just want you to toe that very um, small line. Um, they don't want you to go too far one way or the other because that's what people are, that's their structure, the audience's structure. That's what they're comfortable with. Right. So yeah, it can get boring. And you, so you have to find a way to, first of all, just appreciate it. It's a job and you're acting and that's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, and every now and again, you can find something that's a little different to make the, the, the same story point a little bit different. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's, it's, it's structured. I think about yeah. people who theater eight shows a week. It's like, how do you, how do you do that? I guess it's the same thing. You just, you know, feel it, do it. And, but it's pretty much the same, right? Depending on the audience, I suppose. Yeah. I, I think, as you said, like you look for like the little mini things that are different or you look to your scene partners and be like, oh, what can I, what can I do to shake it up? Yeah. Coming from the training that you have, I read that you trained with Meisner. Like yeah. that's a whole other level of um, instinctual acting that probably I can imagine was a bit uh, conflicting with that kind of rud rudimentary um, schedule that a soap opera brings. You know, the, the thing, first of all, he was terrifying. And it's funny you should bring him up because I just bought my son the book um, because he's yeah. interested in acting, uh, Sanford Meisner on acting. I said, well, yeah. this is how I started and I was inspired by it. And now I have more insight. So we'll, we'll start to do some exercises, right? Um, is it bringing stuff up for you? It, 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 it is. It terrified all of us. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think acting teachers can be terrifying, especially when you're new to it and you're yeah. so like vulnerable and, and, you know, like even, even if it's comedy, you're just like, I want this so much that it can be kind of terrifying. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it was, the, the good thing was that we were all in it together. Like we all felt the same way as his yeah. students. I had a moment, a friend of mine wrote a letter to Sidney Pollack the late Sydney, great Sydney Pollock, and said, you should see this actress. And he, he did. He, he invited me into his office and I sat down and he studied with Sandy. He goes, how terrifying was he? And I'm like, he terrifying. So this yeah. goes back, you know, he was a little bit older. It was like generations of people and students. And it wasn't like he was a mean person. It wasn't like that at all. He was just so honest. And that's where he was trying to get you to that. He was trying to get you to that place where you're just honest with your feelings and um, truthful. Because, you know, the whole definition of acting is, according to him, is living truthfully under imaginary circumstances. So when you're on a soap opera and you know you have to say you know, hello to your twin that you didn't know existed you got to find a way to get there <laughs> you know what i mean that's right just tap into that experience that you had in the past when you met your twin remember that time the long lost twin yeah. or not remembering you had smiled. that's always a good one <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but i also feel with acting teachers they can see right through to my soul like they can see when I'm faking it so much more than I think other people can, that I can't be anything but authentic with them. I, I would imagine they're trained to, to spot it and it's their job to yeah. call you out, right? Because you want to yeah. get better. Yeah. yeah. But it is Do you hear his voice when you're, uh, when you're doing your work now? Is there anything I, that you hear him saying? Um, I just, his words sort of echo through my head and everything he taught and, and even after many years of acting, I still go back to some basics, you know, the knock at the door, you know, before you enter the scene, where did you just come from? Yes. 
how do you feel? Just basic stuff that I've used throughout mm. my career. And then you have to let things go because you have to let whatever's ha- coming at you, you know, that's what changes things in a scene is like, you have to just go with whatever's happening. And sometimes letting go can be the yeah. hardest part, right? You have these yeah. ideas about something and then it's just like, okay, something's changing. So we're going to go with this and, and see what happens. Yeah. That's- do you do much theater? I have in the past, but it's been a long time. Once I kind of got yeah. a job and television and family and everything like that, it's, yeah, it's been a long no. time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you miss it? Do you miss that kind of like, sometimes I, I so miss like churning up a scene. Remember those days where you just be like just diving into it each time? And um, Yeah, there's something really um, satisfying about live theater that you don't, necessarily get with other um types of production because it's so mm-hmm. immediate and it is so much about the audience you know it is so much about that connection uh you, you still just stay in and tell your story but i remember walking off stage thinking okay you know that it was a solid performance but boy they, they didn't seem to like it and that's what i left with you know was right I thought it's like well wait a minute you know because everyone it's just it's just an it, individual experience for everyone yeah yeah do you find now that because you know I think that so many of us start with theater so we do look to the audience to sort of give us that feedback or that instinct like you can sort of feel with the audience when they're with you when they're not with you but then when you go into film and tv you don't have that energy to work off of no you know like when and so you sort of have to rely on yourself. Did you find yourself going that path of having to go, okay, I have to check in with Crystal with how that went as opposed to my audience? Yeah, you have to, you have to know, you have to feel it, right? You have to know that you fulfilled the story point and, and hopefully gave something that's, you know, ins- uh, you know I, with soap operas, you want to inspire the writers. So you're hoping that, you know, yeah. they're going, oh, I didn't see that or I didn't think of that. And you're trying to make story for yourself by yes. <laughs> trying something new. Um, but I've, I've had both days. I've had days where I felt like, yeah, that was solid. And, and other days where it's like, I, I was so outside of myself. I was like watching my, yeah, I've had both uh, extremes. Yeah. You know, it, it's just some days it, it's there and some days it isn't. I've, I've tried to do that when I'm like a day player on things and when they say cut I throw in a couple of lines saying like that I've got a further storyline with the lead they don't seem to go with it as much when they're on not on a soap opera but remember that time we had dinner in Paris and they're like cut we said cut thank you <laughs> I like that way to go <laughs> um it's not working for me yet but I'm gonna I'm not gonna give up keep trying uh, do you remember a time when you um, stopped needing, oh, this is such a, this is a bit of a nutty question, but when you stopped needing that kind of feedback from directors and producers, were you able to like go into yourself to go, no, that was a good take, I know regardless, or that was an off take? Well, yes. Yeah, I think the more I've done it, the more I can, I know if something's good or not, but I've had, uh, you know, scenes where I thought, yeah, that was it, nailed it performance was there and I, I actually had a situation once where the director actually came out of the booth this was on a soap and said we forgot to roll tape and it was after like this big emotional climactic point and it's like 
okay. <laughs> you know, it's okay. And I've also yeah. gone up lines during big moments and then had to go back and do the whole thing again. And it was actually that scene that I won an Emmy for. So I thought, you know, there's, there's something to be said because they were like, oh, Crystal, you were so close. I said, no, I can do it again. I can do it again. Mm. And so, you know, I mean, you just, I think you, you, especially if you grow with a character, that's the, the nice thing about mm -hmm. a soap opera or a series. Even if you don't know every, the history, you might have had a child that you don't remember or whatever it might be, you, you still, um, you get more comfortable in that character's skin. Um, mm. So it's, it's easier to access whatever you need to access, you know, the crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it must become home on that set so that you can feel like you can try things and not be, and still have support around you. Yes. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's, I miss that about soaps. I miss the family and the, it's, it's beyond, you know, the fourth wall. It's, it's the whole yeah. experience, but you do feel supported. Yeah. I think that, I mean, that's one of the most, the most important things for me is like the set family from like, the boom operator to the guy that's moving apple boxes i just love saying good morning to everybody and having that kind of team um, i'm sure it's so much more with soaps because it goes you know throughout the year it's still great i use a lot of the same crew um, and i love working with new crew as well but and it might be once a year for a week or something but it's still it feels so comfortable it's like Mm -hmm. And I think that's the cool thing about, especially uh, independent crews, where they're just so used to going and working with all these different people that you almost settle in right away, you know, yeah. to to a, a groove, and it's just a feeling. But it's nice because you 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 trust it as a producer. You're going good. Everyone's doing knows their job and is doing it, and it feels so good on day two. Um, yeah. That by the end of the week, you're you're like going to miss them. <laughs> Like, yeah, I know, right. It's, but I'm, it's the shortest summer camp ever. Right. Yeah. Um, do you remember the moment where you thought, oh, I can do this. I can do directing, producing, and I want to. Like, I love, I'm, I'm so enamored with your career for the sake that you've had the success that somebody has sort of, um, that you've been in somebody else's sandbox. And then you're like, all right, now I want my own sandbox, which I love. Do you remember that moment? Um, I, I don't think it was like a specific moment, but I think, um, I've always wanted to produce, but I think I had a sort of a romanticized idea of it. Um, yeah. I don't really understood it. Uh, it just seemed really nice and pretty. And it seemed like, oh, you get to do what you want to do. And, um, you know, so I, I think I, I don't think I was grounded in it at all. And then we did, um, I started doing it and it felt kind of good, but then it was like, oh, oh, all of this stuff kept coming and you got to do this, you got to do that. And I'm like, what? You mean, paper? I didn't know. I mean, <laughs> what are the rules with the union? Yeah. What do I have to, you know? And, um, and it's taken years for me to really learn it properly. Yeah. And even with that, they keep changing. <laughs> so but you, you weren't intimidated by that. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it has something to do with your love of work and your drive and your sure. work ethics, but like, it's not the kind of, like, for me, when people start talking about budgets, I'm like, oh, I, I got to take a nap. I have to take a quick nap and then we can, I need a nap and a snack. That's all I need. But how did you like, that learning curve must have been steep. It was, it was. And, and, and 
I worked with a couple of partners at the time and, and realized and none of us knew that's the thing. We were all sort of on the creative side. And so it's the technical side um, was a whole other thing. And, and, you know, I just, I, I think I, 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 as I tell, I, my friend Hillary Smith, I just got off the phone with her. We started producing together. She always wanted to produce. And so did I, I wanted to get into that, that place, but it was, it was, uh, I handle all the budget stuff and it really was just, it, it, it we're both good students. And I, I just, mm. like said to her, neither one of us really knew what we were doing, but what I trusted and in her as well is that she's a good student. So she'll learn mm. it. We just need to figure sit down and figure out how to do it. Um, so I wasn't intimidated by that part of it. So it, it just became uh, practice. You know, you just had to, mm -hmm. And then you had to call the union and you had to, you know, it was, it was time consuming and a bit tedious. I would rather do my taxes than call the union on a list of things to do. <laughs> I would rather clean my oven that's not self-cleaning than call the union. Wow. Are you, are you, what's your level of, per I know that's rough. What's your level of perfectionism? Like, are you okay with mistakes? Do you embrace that kind of world? Um, I've gotten better at it. I really have. I, I, you know, I'm, I, when I, I think I was a little tightly wound when I got started and it really, uh, I had to kind of loosen up because I think I had been so, uh, like I said, I romanticized the, the process and, and I've been so taken care of, you know, as an actor, mm -hmm. I'm on the lot, you have a parking spot, you have your dressing room and that's all great, but you really don't see the work that goes into it until you start doing it. And, yeah. um, but yeah, now I'm like, it's time is money. And that's the hardest thing for me as a producer is yeah. having to say, no, we can't do it again. Or no, we can't get that shot. We're going to have to just push in and cover it and fix it and post, as they say. And, and it's, it's hard because I want to, you know, I, I want people to feel satisfied when they leave. I want my crew to feel good. I want my cast to feel good. And so I do my best and I try to sort the whole thing out like a big puzzle and go, okay, this is this actor's scene today. So I know she's gonna want time with that. So I'm gonna put three hours here. And then I'm gonna have, I know that my DP wants, says he loves the set, so we'll put some time here. And I just sort of build out the day. And it's how I schedule everything. So I try to build it out that way uh, so that people have time. But sometimes it's just like, you got one shot at this. We got to go because yeah. we're in double time. And that's just where we are. And, and you just pick your moments. And that's what I tell my crew, pick your moments. And if you have, or, or your cats, if you have something that you really, really want to take time on, then tell me. And I'll, I'll figure out how yeah. to put the puzzle together without killing the budget. It's kind of like you're the ideal producer director because you've been in all the roles. So you know, as an actor, when somebody doesn't give you enough time for a scene that you actually need some, some time with how frustrating that is and vice versa when you're like given, you know, take a, take a take for yourself and how joyous that is. Yeah. 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 And that's what I think yeah. that's be, you know, and they sound the same way, you know, they want it to be perfect. I'm like, we're going to have to watch that because I'll listen to it and there's a little crackling. I'm like, we'll have to just clean that up and post because we have to move on. But I've also given sound, three or four takes if it's really important to them. So I'm, I, that you just sort of kind of trying to make people happy. And, and so they can, it's a creative process. It's tech, mm -hmm. but it's a 
creative for them. It's their, it's their art. You have to try to yeah. respect that. And at the same time, you're going, I only have so much money and, and then I'm broke. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the end of the, that's, that's the bottom line with things, right? That you can't, it's not like you're trying to be mean and not give somebody a second take. It's just the financial pressures. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it feels like Venice, the series, ha had success from the beginning because you, you kind of hit the ground running from, from, uh, from your character's perspective and things. And it didn't really feel like, uh, originally I was thinking like, what was the instigation to start Venice? And then as I've kind of done some research about you, I'm like, oh, I don't know if you had a choice. I think the fans were like, oh no, you're doing a series, whether you like it or not. I, I you know, I loved the story that they were gonna tell. I say we're going to because we, we were canceled and I, I wanted to hope that they were gonna do something beautiful with it. I thought what they did was beautiful, but they I knew it was coming to an end and it was just like, it, it, they fans were so passionate. They were so vocal. It was, uh, it was like nothing I've ever seen before and powerful, just really powerful. And, um, and honestly, I just, who knew what was going to happen after that? It, it's a neat, big thing when a, a show that's 72 years old is canceled. It's like, whoops, it's huge, uh, it's huge. And it's just like, who knew what was going to happen? And I thought, Let's, and, and I had issues with the censorship, but I thought, let's just go online and, and see what we can do. And so, yeah, the fans were very much um, a big reason, huge reason why Venice was created. That seems like a little bit of pressure, just a little bit. Not if you don't know what's, what's going to happen or <laughs> what you're doing. Yeah, no pressure. Right. It, was, it was meant to be fun and... Um, you know, and, you know, giving the fans something that they deserved in my mm -hmm. opinion. And, uh, so, you know, that's, I, I've said to friends that, you know, ignorance can be bliss sometimes because had I known how, how much work will go into it, I, I, I think I probably would have still done it, but I just would have been like, it would have bummed me out. <laughs> so it's mm. like, no, I want it to be fun. I don't want to, you know, <laughs> worry about that stuff. Yeah, we want, I mean, it's, it's supposed to be play, right? It's supposed to be imagination and play. And we're just going to play make-believe. And then when the reality is, like, we're going to pick you up at 4 o'clock in the morning. And you're going <laughs> to, as a producer-director, you're going to be the first one in, last one out. Have a good time playing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So what would you have done differently, knowing, knowing what you know now from season one of Venice? Oh, I don't know. I, you know, I, I think, I think that, you know, being in the producer's uh, or director's seat, it, it just makes you, um, you, you have to have multiple skill sets other than just your art, you know, the, the shots and story and things like that. You really have to be able to be a good leader. And, um, and that to me is just a, a skill set that you, you have to learn, um, by practice and 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 like I said, being aware that you're you know you're the sort of the conductor of this orchestra and and you have to be available to listen. Um, and I think once I got my head around that, I could kind of and really appreciate what people do, um, and how much of a team effort it is to put it together. Um, yeah, you know, it made me a better leader. So if I could go back, 
you know, I'd be like in the matrix saying, hey, Tank, put in that file that'll make me a great leader. You know, right? Oh, yeah. I wish. Yes. There you go. Right. So that that's something that I would probably change if I could go back. But I have a feeling like based on like your description of your childhood, you were probably leading your productions as a kid. Like, I'm gonna play make-believe and you're gonna play this character and then make believe and you're gonna do this. Like you were you were leading, you've you know, it's like the Wizard of Oz. You've always had those skills within you. It's just a matter of pulling them out. <laughs> probably, probably. You've been home all along. Yeah. That's it. That's it. You've been home all along. Did you ever think uh, you would do anything else other than acting, producing, like being in the arts? No, I, I don't think so. I, I think I would have m made a good lawyer had... You know, I, I think only because I can I can argue a point to death, as my husband. Um, no, I. <laughs> no, I mean I I I but I, it's persuasion. I think, um, but that would have bored me. I think I I just I love being in the arts. I love being creative. I'm so grateful that the universe took me here, because um, I can't imagine doing anything else. I really do love doing what I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I see that because A, you know, your, your career has been so consistent from like when you, when you first started in what 1989 with, with all my children, it feels like you haven't stopped, but also to not take a break now and instead dive deeper because web series are a lot of work. <laughs> Even if it's only shooting for a chunk of time, it's a heck of a lot of work. So I can see that I, I really can't imagine you doing anything else. When, when you shot, um, when you were doing All My Children in, in those first early days, in your brain where you're like, oh, I'm home, I've made it, I don't need to worry about things right now? Um, I, no, I was, it was scary because, um, you know, you, you had to have some courage to, you know, I did a, a workshop with um, Judy Wilson, who was the casting director or assistant at the time, I don't remember, but and she's a dear, dear lady and dear friend now, but I, she didn't know me except from class. And she, I sent, and she gave me an extra part. And she said, come to my office and say hi um, when you're working that day. So, you know, I thought, well, she said so. So, <laughs> so I'm wandering down the hall, you know, and I say hi. And she says, come here, read, read this. And so I read the scene. She goes, great. Can you work next Wednesday? It's a day player role. And that's, that's how I got that job through a class. And I took her seriously and went down this, but I was terrified. It's mm -hmm. terrifying because you're in the, that's professional stuff now. <laughs> yeah. Those are professional people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's right. They have offices with yes. doors. It's not make-believe. And a set. Yeah. I mean, look, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was, uh, but yeah, it's, you kind of have to, you have to be brave in order to, you know, put your stuff out there like that. But I, it, 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 it's worth it. It pays off. Yeah. What's your relationship with fear? It feels like it, it uh, inspires you a bit, you know, from Meisner to walking to Judy Wilson's office. You have to invite it to the table. You have I to invite mean, I know you do, but the guy has really bad manners at my table. It's all right. Because right. you have control over this. I mean, you have control over how you react to it. So fear, bring fear to the table. And if he's going to be rude, then you'll just 
enjoy your sound pour in some more wine fear yeah. <laughs> good here. no it's you know it, you, you have to you have to just tell yourself you've got this you know yeah. somebody once asked me if you could tell your younger self you know give advice to your younger self what would it be and it would be it's going to be okay it's going to be okay yeah. just remember that and then if you get scared just tell yourself it's going to be okay yeah do you still get scared now sure sure i'm, I'm i mean that's kind I'm, of comforting thank yeah, you no, I mean, i'm basically I'm, I'm really a very shy person and so in private and but I have a sort of a low grade anxiety that I've had my entire life and I've never been on medication for it. And I have family members who have, but you know, and I've broken out into rashes when I've, uh, somebody's asked me to present an award for something. And it's just like, I just have this anxiety and this natural reaction. So I meditate, um, which helps me quite a bit exercise all of those things. Cause I don't want to do medication. I don't think I need it, but, I've had to live with that. So, you know, you have to know yourself and just tell yourself it's going to be okay. And uh, take some deep breaths. And sometimes it helps to, to just go for it and try it, even if you get a little rash and you just go, it was worth the rash because I did it and it wasn't so bad, right? But um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, so yes, I do still get afraid. I mean, it's kind of comforting because I think people have this perspective of, of folks like you that, that, you know, you've always got it all together because that's your persona. I know. And then it's so relieving to know that we all get freaked out about things. For sure. Um, yes. And, 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 you know, I've got two kids and it's just, there's in a day, <laughs> it's like my son's a firefighter, you know, and you know, you're just always um, thinking and I'm like, it's going to be okay. He's, he knows what he's doing. But you're still, that's just what you do. My, my parents are 80. You know, I mean, I just, it, you just do. I mean, I just do. Yeah. I, but yeah, you just freaked out about stuff. Sure. Um, did you, uh, I, I feel like you also have such a love of human beings because of the way you're directing. Like I've watched some of the episodes of Venice and just seeing people's relationship, but also like the, the, the delving into the um, the gay and lesbian relationships, like you have a passion for people. Where did where did you get that? Where did you think that you embraced that kind of joy? Um, I don't know. I just know that um, I feel very connected uh, to people. I, I feel like we're all the same. Um, regardless of our differences, that you know, we sort of, I just, I just feel that way. I don't know, you know, where it came from or, you know, I didn't have some moment with the, you know, grandparent that gave me that piece of advice, you know, it wasn't some hallmark moment, but I, I just um, feel that way about, and maybe it's just the way life, you know, is introduced me to all these great people who changed me for the better, you know, who were patient with me. Um, who, you know, showed me that I can be happy. I can, you know, just, just interacting with people that just, um, show you love. I think a smile, you know, uh, I think it makes a difference. It makes me feel better. So don't you want to kind of give that back and, 
that love is, is just what binds us together. And, and we're all connected. I mean, we're all just, we're all connected no matter where you are and who you are. We're all connected. Yeah. I mean, it seems so simple to be like, just show kindness, just be caring towards each other. But I mean, I can see it even the way you're, you do your interviews, like that you're the same person for on a red carpet interview that you are in somebody's office with somebody who's just starting an interview series out on online. Like you are the same person and you show them the same sort of kindness. Um, was there ever a time that, that it was hard to keep your feet on the ground when you were first sort of in the limelight of, of your journey? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Yeah, I know. I, I think that, um, I, it's so funny. I think that, yeah, when I first uh, started to blow up on, on uh, the soap, it was, it was like, because everyone wants to take your picture, and then you're doing the magazine thing, and, mm -hmm. and really overwhelming. And it's just like, this is like, wow. It's, it's fantastic, and at the same time, it's, it's not real. You know, it, it's, it's not how I live my life, right? Right. And I think on some level, you almost feel a little um, fraudulent because you know that's not who you are with the hair. And, mm. the, and um, but yeah, I think that it just was, it became, my head blew up, basically. It just was kind of like, well, that's, I guess that's who I am then. But that's just, <laughs> you know, a person, a person who's, as my, my dear friend from, uh, well, she's from she's North Carolina, but now she's in Tennessee. And she's like a big, like, music producer, director, person, but she had the Southern accent and she was like, Crystal, I was like 25 at the time. She was like 26 or 26. She's Crystal, you're just an amoeba of a person. You just keep changing shape. You don't quite know who you are yet. And, and she was absolutely right. Cause I was like, Oh, is that who I am? Oh no, this is who, this is who I am because that's what they're saying. And you know, that was just right. something I had, I hadn't quite figured me out yet. So once I figured me out, you know, that kind of brings you know, right back down to earth, right? And um, yeah. I'm much more comfortable. Um, but yeah, so there was that period very early on when I, I hit that kind of fame track where it was, I was just so influenced by what other people were saying or to me or whatever, what they thought of me. I mean, this business trains that too, right? It, it trains you yeah. to be like, Miss Chappelle, how many straws would you like? It trains you to be overly you know indulged. looked after indulged yeah and so do you do you remember what the journey was when you found out who you were do you remember like how you you went about that um yeah i was uh i was in a relationship with my my current husband we weren't married yet and he wasn't sure he wanted to get married and i wasn't sure i wanted to have kids there was a lot of like this and that but um, by the time I turned 30, um, I started to go, wait a minute. Okay. So what do I want here? What do what, what do you want? Like ask yourself, what do you want? And I thought, yeah, I want to get married. I want to have kids. I do want that. And, uh, and I, we were in LA and, and he didn't want to move to New York. So I, I basically left him, um, because I said, I'm, I've got this job and one life to live. I love that show. I'm a big fan. And uh, yeah, and so I took the, the flight, I got on the plane and left. And it wasn't like an I don't love you kind of thing. It wasn't a breakup 
like, you know, it was just like, I'm gone. I'm going to go live my life and I love you. But if I fall in love with somebody else and I can, um, I'm going to continue down this path. And, and I, it's the weirdest thing. It's that moment in, in any relationship where you're completely honest with yourself and as hard as it might be, um, you, there's a sense of peace. Like you didn't even know that that peace was missing until you mm. finally made that decision to take care of yourself first and really be honest with yourself. And there's something about that peace. It's like, oh, it's like getting into a really comfortable bed, you know, at night. It's like, oh, this feels really good. And then you feel empowered. You feel like, and yes, there's still the alley part of it, but yeah, no, this feels really good. And so I think that was the beginning of my journey when in my thirties, when I moved to New York and of course he was offered a job on all my children like two weeks later. And I was like, so, <laughs> and, and he had my house together. And so he had to live with me and we, we had a great time. And then finally I just said, you have to move out and, uh, Get, get your own place or go back to LA. I said, this is, uh, it's time. It's time. To, and I don't yeah. want you to marry me because I'm saying uh, you need to go and find what makes you happy. And so he, we went on this uh, hiking trip in the Sierras and um, we've always been great friends. It's always been a good, you know, friendship and connection, but that he proposed to me on this trip. And I said, Are you? he's like, no, he wanted to do this. And it's been good. You know, we've had a good time. We've had a good run, but it's just like, it was that moment when, you, as a woman, I think in particular, because I think men can do it easier than women, where we start taking care of ourselves and putting our, our needs and our, our desires first and be okay with that. You know, even after you have kids, you have to find some time to put yourself first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the mask in the airport, right? Look after your oxygen first, and then you can look after other folks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, that's what you say about I mean, that. I always like the lifeguard one because it's like, you know, what they train lifeguards to do. It's like you don't get too close to a drowning victim because they'll drag you down. So that's why you have something and you keep your distance and you pull them once they're secured. You know, you try to do yeah. it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. And the piece, I mean, I also heard in an interview that you and your husband did um, couples therapy before you got married, which I think is so smart <laughs> and learned how to argue which I learned how to argue after I got married because <laughs> I just didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how, I thought that when voices were raised, bags were packed, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so just, I think that's so. It, yeah, no, it's true. I mean, there, there should be a, like, you know, an argument class. Yeah. <laughs> they should teach that. Even now, wouldn't it be great if there was like an argument, a conflict class where like, you, you were just put in conflict situations where people were saying like sexist and rude things to you and you had to like come back with things right away as opposed to going home, going to bed and stewing for three days and then coming yeah. back with your comment. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> oh yeah, I could have come up with such a zinger. <laughs> yeah. It's my zinger no, list. And, <laughs> I wish I had a zinger list. Yeah. Um, I do have a couple of zingers that I are my go-to where if somebody says something, I'm able to check into the, um, I think you meant to say that inside your head instead of outside it. And that gives me just a little bit of breath to catch my, get my bearings a little bit. But, um, 
Yeah. And I want to talk about real, the Real Women Network as well. Like, so again, again, so Venice is kicking along, hugely successful. You have fans. I have to, I don't, I'm sure you know this, but you have fans that uh, I want to tell you that majority of your fans talk about what a beautiful actor you are. So many comments, they're like, she's such a great actor. She deserves an award. Like, it's so fantastic. Well, I know you probably don't read comments anymore. I don't. Um, I don't like on, on like YouTube and those kinds of things. I mean, on Twitter, yeah, I do, anywhere, you know, I, you know, I do on Twitter, yeah. but no, I, that's so sweet. Like that means so much to me. Um, yeah, I just, yeah. I just, I feel like the world's churning a little bit. Well, it's just, it's, it's been the greatest gift. I think, you know, in, in my career is, is being able to get to know people better and um, and and just the love, and I see it not just toward me, but I see it amongst them themselves. And um, and it, there's something so lovely about that, you know. When somebody says we met because of you, it's like, oh, that's awesome. You know, it's yeah. cool. It's it's sweet. It just warms my heart. So you create Venice, hugely successful. Fans go crazy, and then you're like, I have. I am sleeping too much. I've got at least five hours when I could be working. I'm going to start this platform supporting women's films. Is that how it came about? about? Totally. Just like that. <laughs> Just like that. Easy peasy. No red tape. No uh, unions to talk to. So easy. Well, yeah, it's been interesting. You know, we, we, I, I, I'm partnered with uh, Jessica and Linda Hill uh, from Bella Media and, um, if it is something that's like I've wanted to do for a long time, um, because I, I really feel strongly that women have to support each other. Um, we're powerful alone, but we're even more powerful together. And um, so it was just sort of a great time in my life and in their lives to go, hey, let's put together this platform and we've kicked around a bunch of ideas and then the technical part of it and trying to understand all of that. But really wanting to elevate um, women's voices and through their art um, and, and, and give it focus and, um, and, and celebrate them because they should be celebrated. You know, oftentimes you're out there doing it on your own and, uh, and you have this beautiful piece of art, but, you know, you don't have a place to put it or a place for it to be seen. And so that to me, it's, it's really um, a, a love project at this point. You know, we really just want to keep building and build this community of of women and, and showcase their talents. So it wasn't tremendously hard, like putting a whole production together because there's somebody building the back end of things. And, um, and it, we all have our own different skill sets. I will say that, but it's, um, it's just meaningful to me. So I'm hoping that, you know, people will check in and, uh, and, and uh, female uh, film content creators, if it's a web series or whatever it is, you just come and let us um, showcase your art. And uh, I don't know. I, I just, it's a love passion project right now. I mean, you can absolutely tell that. It's also, um, I have to tell you that I have a bunch of friends that have their films on the site. And we had been speaking about this because, you know, you, you create a short film, it goes and does the festival circuit, and then... Where does it go? So now you're giving like a new breath to some of these projects that haven't been seen because they've gone through the festivals already. So it's really exciting to see what people are creating. 
it really is. I've been like, I've been humbled to watch what people or women are creating going, well, I got to up my game here, man. This is really good, but it's inspiring. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the point. You just kind of go, wow, you know, you can yeah. do that. Yeah, I so I is, has there been a woman in your um, past that has given you that kind of support that you're giving other women? Not a lot of women who who've done that for me. I mean, I told you the story about Judy Wilson and, and that opportunity, and um, just a lot of women over the years who who have been kind. I think it just takes a little bit, and who've taken the time to actually explain something to me. You know, even yeah. if I'm being a bit of a, a jerk, you know in my early years is somebody who just looks at me and goes, you need to stop doing that. And what is it that you want, Crystal? And um, yes, I've had so many women along the way who actually now are still in my life in a different way. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's not one defining moment. It's just mm -hmm. little, little uh, interludes along the way that, that some woman has taken the time to explain something to me. You know, even if it's something I don't yeah. necessarily want to hear, but you know, it's like, yeah, it's kind of important and to do it with love, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's crucial. Like, cause I, I think there are ways of saying, putting people in their place, but there's putting people not in their place. Cause that sounds horrible, but uh, doing it with love, doing it with the intention of supporting, like they obviously see something in you that's got leadership skills, that's got talent as an actor and, uh, and saying, you know, I, I think that's what you've said this a couple of times saying, what do you want? And I, uh, I'm from the Second City world in Toronto. And before I got Second City, I remember putting up a piece of paper that just said, what do you want? And every day I would walk past it and think about it. And it just started ruminating and meditating on it until I went, well, I want to work at Second City. That's something I've always wanted to do. So it feels like that has to come around. Like, are you in a place now that you've created Venice? You've got this real women's network. Are you in another place that you're you're saying to yourself, what do you want, Crystal? Yes, yes. I mean, m most days I'll ask myself that question, you know, because every day is a new, it's a new story, right? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I do, I feel really fortunate to, to be in the place that I am and then hopefully being able to create um, and support other women. It's really important to me at this stage of my life. Um, and as far as what I want, I mean, I, my thing, I've gotten simpler in my, <laughs> I, I shouldn't say that. Like I'm, I'm actually talking, I'm putting together another production. Um, but of I'm, you are. I'm simplifying things. I'm simplifying my day-to-day -day needs and, and what makes me happy. And I, I don't know if it's getting older or my kids are getting older or, you know, what it is, but um, it, it, maybe it's the, the pandemic and the result of the pandemic, but I've gotten very, um, it's yeah, taking a walk, spending time with my kids, seeing my kids interact together, running with my dog. I mean, they're just little things that make me so happy. Um, and I don't need a whole lot beyond that. So it's, it, it's kind of nice to be in that place and to be able to go, you know, let's do a little meditation. Let's work on real women. I'm going to go watch some content. That's awesome. Um, it's just gotten simpler. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that's you taking the reins on your, um, your work-life balance? Like, how, how do you do that? Because I have a feeling that you can wake up at six and go to bed 14, 15 hours later, but having the day full of work because you love it so much. 
I, I do that. I go through phases. When I'm in production, I'll, I'll be up at four and, and work all day and, and certainly through production. And then I tend to drop off um, because I'm exhausted. But, um, you know, I need a couple of weeks not to be too close to it because I'm, my head's too much in it. And then when I'm far enough away from it, I can, I can go back to post. And then once post is done and a season is done, I take a few months off. I still work. I, we're building a house. We're going to build our house. I'm picking out <laughs> and toilets. And I, it's still a production, but I kind sure. of shift gears and, and I give myself more time to, to roll back because I, I, I stop being creative after a while. Does that make sense when you're burning it too much? Oh, 100%. You, yeah, you your got tank's nothing. empty. You really got nothing. Yeah. No, and then you got to recharge. So if you're, I love, I love when busy, driven people say, I got to take some time off. We're building a house. I'm designing like your version of taking time off. But yeah. how do you recharge? How do you refuel? Honestly, I, I look, I like to stay busy. I, I like to plan dinners. I like to, you know, organize the house and, you know, um, I'll, I'll walk. Uh, we live in a beautiful place with beautiful hiking trails and, and I can, I can walk and not think. Mm -hmm. Not, and think you don't plug in like a, an audible, like a book on tape to like catch up on your reading as you're walking. Not usually I walk in silence. I don't. Yeah. Uh, for two hours and it's, it's, it's you know, it's so beautiful what I'm saying. And I hear the birds, the seagulls doing their thing and I just walk. And that's, you know, that's what I've been doing. It's been saving my, um, my sanity, you know, uh, throughout yes. this nice break. And then I, I know with meditation and, and with that kind of uh, quiet, um, I come back, I'm more productive actually. So I'm more efficient when I, when I do that recharging part and then I come back and because people say I don't have time to do that. I'm like, but I get so much done in the next four hours that, you know, from all these different stories in my life, whether it's the, the building the house or, you know, helping my kids find the right insurance and, you know, whatever it is, making my husband's doctor's appointment, planning dinner. And you just, you just, but you do it because you've, you've given yourself a break, right? Yeah. I'm so grateful that you have the energy that you do to put into our community. Cause I think things like the real women network are so, so productive and so purposeful because I've seen like all these people that I don't, I haven't heard of before because it's international. So I just, I'm so grateful that you have time for that kind of thing. It's so exciting. I'm so excited. It is. So yeah. many amazingly talented women, um, interesting people. So yeah, thank you for shining a light on that. People say, I love this show and something they've seen on the network and they've never heard of it before. It just makes me happy. So, mm -hmm. yay. Do you, think, do you think you'll always be an actor? I've always thought that like, whenever I produce things, I'm always like, well, I'm producing it so that I can be an actor as well. Do you think you'll, like, do you think you'd ever direct and write something that you wouldn't star in? Yes. Yeah. I'm okay. Are you with okay with that? I'm okay with it. I, I, I love doing it, and um, but I also very much love being behind the camera and watching other people be great. Like that, yeah. I get so excited. Like I just get so excited seeing actors do beautiful work. Like, yeah, 
Yeah, no, I can see that with you. I have, I have uh, wrap up firecracker questions. They're not really rapid. They're just questions I ask all my guests. Are you ready? Okay. Wh what do you want to be best known for? My hair. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my hair. Um, my I hair. get it. No. Um, <laughs> my, I, 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 kindness that I, I was kind. Mm. Um, what are two words to describe your mental state right now? Um, coffee jacked. Yes, yes. If your life was a movie, uh, and this was like just at the end of the movie, what would have been the climactic moment of your life? Oh, um, giving birth to my kids. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because they'll listen to this and they'll be like, she better say her children. Uh, <laughs> what's a book that you know that you need to write? Um, we're all the same. I, I, want, I keep telling my kids that all the time. We're all the same. Be kind mm -hmm. to yourself. I like that. What's, um, what's something that people don't know about you? I feel like I've said everything. You know, um, I don't know. I, I, I pick my nose. Yeah, that's something that nobody would imagine. I can't imagine. Uh, but thank you. <laughs> um, what is, uh, I don't really believe in the word mistake, but what's been your favorite mistake that you've learned from? just you don't need to be perfect you don't mm -hmm. have to, yeah you have to aim for that because it's really a lot of pressure and it's okay to be yeah. flawed you know however you want to look at it it's okay to be flawed yes that's a constant that's a day-to-day -day reminder of myself I need to remind remember um what's something that you haven't done yet but you know you need to do I need to jump out of a plane really yeah it's something I've always wanted to do <sighs> that made me sweaty just thinking about it <laughs> And we live close by to a, a place that does that. So it's like, yeah, I, I tanned uh, not by myself, not solo. Yes. No, no, no. no. If anything, somebody wrapped around me falling to earth. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, the right person needs to be like somebody who knows what they're doing. Exactly. Yeah. Who yeah. hasn't been, you know, up all night and drinking. That'd be preferable. <laughs> That's right. If you can smell booze on their breath, they're no. not jumping with me. No. <laughs> Uh, you said earlier that your advice to your younger self is it's going to be okay. So has that advice changed to, to what you would give yourself now? It's the same. It's the same. It's going to be okay. Yeah. It really is. I'm so grateful for this time with you. I'm so grateful that Carol Lowe introduced us and that we're working with Real Women's Network. I'm just, uh, I've really enjoyed speaking with you. Uh, I love talking to you too. I mean, what a better way to kick off the Firecracker Spotlight series with one of the co-founders, right? Now, Crystal launched this in partnership with Jessica and Linda Hill, who operate Bella Books, a lesbian book publisher. I talked with them over on our Facebook. So if you didn't catch it live, go on over to our Facebook.com slash Firecracker D-E-P-T and catch up with those Real Women's Network Firecrackers. Say that 10 times fast. Linda and Jessica are also producers, writers, and co-produced the Emmy-nominated series Beacon Hill with Crystal and Open Book Productions. You can follow Crystal on Facebook and Instagram at Crystal Chappelle and check out our show notes for the links to watch Venice the series. I'm excited. I just love that Firecracker Department and the team behind that and then Real Women's Network and their team can come together and do this mutual 
not only support of each other and what we're creating individually, but of these filmmakers. It's the best formula ever, really. We are just so excited to share all the creators with you from the Real Women's Network. So make sure you go and follow this platform, Real, R-E-E-L, Women's Network, or if Twitter's your jam, find them at R-E-E-L, Women's, N-E-T-W, and the number one. So Real Women's Network one. In all cases, just check out the show notes. If you need the link, we got you. If you can't find anything, we got you. We'll be bringing you a new creator from the Real Women's Network every month now. These filmmakers are from all over the world, so you'll really get a sense of like this little festival on a, in a platform. So go check them out. So watch out for all these amazing new voices, new stories, and check out what's available to stream right now at realwomensnetwork.com. You're going to see some familiar names like Jen Pogue and Sarah Deacons who have been on the Firecracker Department team. And you're going to want to check back every month to see which filmmakers get a spotlight. We're working our way through all of them, and at some point or other, I'm going to get a chance to talk with each one of them. See you Tuesday for another episode of the fabulous Firecracker director, screenwriter, beautiful soul. Stay tuned to our socials at FirecrackerDEPT for all the updates and all these Firecrackery announcements. Big, big, big thanks to the team that puts the Spotlight series together from the Firecracker department. I'm talking Sydney Nielsen, and they are just the best. They're doing all the editing, they're listening to all my flubs, and they are also moving and super creative. I mean, Sydney can do anything. I'm also talking Winnie Wong, who's just incredible. AJ does all the editing for our video. And then we've got Sarah Potter doing social media. And Carol Lowe, who's putting our teams together. It's like, it's like she's done a beautiful matchmaking. She's gone, hey, real women. Hey, firecracker department. You two must like each other. And we do. So thank you, team. Thank you, Firecracker Department. And thank you for listening, watching, engaging, and sharing. It really means a lot to us to build this beautiful community with you in it. I'm Naomi, and we're going to see you next time on the Firecracker Department. See ya!